Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everybody out there in property sourcing profits land. Anybody who's out there sourcing property deals for cash, making money for property, then this is the podcast for you. And I've got some super, super exciting news. <laughs> one of my coaches, one of my coaches during the weeks <laughs> made a post completely independently of anything I wrote and um, said uh, there were a few things that annoyed him when he did social media. One of the things is people saying super, super excited. I t- it's not it's not a term that I use really in my normal life. It just kind of came out. Um, anyway, I am nonetheless super, super excited because uh, my book, my book, Property Sourcing Profiteers, my book is being published by the time you hear this episode, it's being published this week, October the 10th. Uh, Now, dates are always difficult when you're doing a podcast recording, but I believe you're going to hear this episode just a day or two before the book is launched. So I would like to talk about my book. And with your permission, Property Sourcing Profiteers, I am now going live into the progressive community while I'm talking to you so that our friends in the progressive community can hear this as well. And while I'm speaking to you guys in property sourcing profit land, uh, I would like to say good morning, everyone. Good morning in the progressive community. This is a joint, a joint broadcast, if that's the official name for it, uh, a joint broadcast both to the progressive community, the wonderful people out there in progressive land, and also to my podcast listeners, the property sourcing profiteers out there sourcing property for fun and for profit. Uh, So in this episode, podcast episode, which is also a live, and I'm going to share some of this live to the community, and then I'm going to finish it for my podcast, Property Sourcing Profiteers, I am going to talk in some detail about this. My new book, you can't see it in podcast land, my new book called Get Into Property, Get into property. Why, David? Why would anyone want to get into property? What's it all about? Um, So I wrote the book because there are many other books out there on property. I understand that. I accept that. Um, But for me, they lacked a little something. And the little something they lacked was me. (laughs) No, not really. Um, The little something they lacked was why? Why at the bare core do you need to be in property? How it can change your life? What's the fastest way to do it? Uh, and why you should do it today? So I have been through the book this morning and I've extracted the bullet points as to what it covers and why you need it and why you should go into property. Because property is such a very cool thing. So here's top of the shop, guys, right? Number one, money. How you can make huge amounts of money. Uh, There is no doubt in my life, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, forgive me, that in my life, property has kept me financially secure. Just the, just um, the action of owning property can make you rich. If you'd bought a house 30 years ago, and done nothing with it at all. You know, you could keep it boarded up, right? Uh, Over the years, it would have gone up in value. It would, right? 
Uh, now, you wouldn't have got any cash flow from it, and you might have had other issues along the way, but there's no doubt in my mind that if you'd bought the house in 1980, 1990, boarded it up and kept it uh, until today, the value of that property would have gone up. Why? Because of supply and demand. People need places to live. All that stuff. You know that stuff. That's not the stuff that I'm going to be sharing in the book. The stuff I'm going to be sharing in the book is how you can make money from property today. So property makes you rich over time. And what we need to do is get educated so that we can use our education to cash flow property now so that before the capital growth kicks in, we can make sure that the property serves us and makes money. Okay, so uh, in my early, early days, and I, I didn't get it at the time. I didn't understand this. Uh, one of my early, I suppose he was a mentor. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't officially my mentor or coach. I mean, there was no um, uh, contractual exchange between us. But I remember he said to me, uh, David, making money in property is as easy as falling off a log. Okay, the secret is to stay on the log long enough. And he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So some of you will be aware that uh, I bought a house, co-own a house that was purchased in 1985. It just means I'm old, that's all. 1985, uh, in that, at that time, there was a contract race. We exchanged and completed in four days. Uh, that's also on the sale of my previous property and the purchase of the new property in 1980. 1985. Um, we bought that house for £91,000. Uh, it's on land registry. You can see it there. Um, just had the house, still keep the house today, just had it valued. And it's not £91,000 anymore. It's £910,000. I've done nothing. I've done nothing to build that sort of money in the property. All I did was uh, wake up in the morning. And I was blessed to wake up today as well to tell you about it right? So over time, property can make you rich. So you have to, have to, have to get into property. It makes you financially secure. So when the rest of the world is going through all sorts of torments and tortures, I'm in my fifth property cycle now. I've seen my first property recession, I think, came in 1974, the oil crisis, right? So what, what does that mean to you? It means that I've seen some stuff. And it means that I know whatever tortures we go through at various times in history financially, that will end. And we will move on to the sunny uplands once again, where uh, prices go up. It makes us rich. We feel better. Everyone's happy and got uh, a spring in their step and wearing their hat on the, on the back of their head. Now, if you're going to make a start, there are various things you have to work out. And I cover these in my book because I want you to start day one. I want you to get really, really busy. So you have to work out where you should buy. And there are some underlying principles to that. Um, you don't buy in the Bronx. You guys know that out there. Do not buy in the Bronx. Um, it's got to be affordable for you. So if you buy at a very basic level, and this is basic, team. I can't go do any more basics in this short broadcast this morning. Uh, at a very basic level, if you buy a good, solid, buy-to-let property that a family is going to uh, live in, it's very lettable, it's in a, a good location, there are no social issues, I would keep away from single-let selective licensing areas 
that's quite a technical term. Some of you will know exactly what that is. Some of you may not. Okay, so if there is selective licensing, selective licensing, that's not HMO licensing, right? Selective licensing for single lets in your town or city, maybe keep away from those areas. I'll do a different podcast episode on selective licensing and talk you through that. Um, work out what you should buy. Do you buy houses? Do you buy flats? Do you buy commercial? There's nothing wrong with buying houses, flats or commercial. And in due course, as you build your business, you're probably going to buy all of them. But if you're starting out, buy a house. Just buy a house. Don't make it more complicated. Don't, you know, you know, if you go, if you, of course, we have, we have the dream. We dream the dream. I get it. I feel it. Right. We want to be property developers. We want to be big. We want to go huge. Right. Learn your trade. Go through the steps. Okay. So my mentors, Rob and Mark, they did about 600 ish single let buy to lets before they moved on to then HMOs. Um, I think rooms, rooms, HMO rooms is still a favorite strategy of theirs. Then they moved up and they did a little commercial, maybe, I don't know, five, 7,000 square feet, then 10,000 square feet, then 15,000 square, square feet. Now they're doing the whole of Peterborough. How cool, right? But they didn't start doing the whole of Peterborough. So I think you've got to learn your trade. I think that's very, very important. How to work out your numbers. I emphasize this in the book. You've got to know your numbers. I guess because um, I am known as a deal packager within the progressive community and also on the podcast, Property Sourcing Profits, because I'm known as a packager, I get sent deals. I'm making inverted comma signs with my fingers around the outside of deals. Um, I get de sent deals all the time. And here's what I see a lot. The deals are not the deals. You've got your numbers wrong, friends in the community. Now, sometimes you just get them wrong. And that's cool. We can work on that. Or sometimes friends are just a little bit selective. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. But maybe if uh, on Land Registry, on Right Move Sold, wherever you're doing your research, there are, there's a whole list of sold prices, right? Maybe we would gravitate to the ones that support our case more than the ones that are going to blow a hole in it. Um, I get that. I understand that. We've got to be real, right? We've got to be realistic. So a deal is a deal when it's a deal, but when the numbers aren't there to support it, or maybe the numbers point in two or three different directions all at the same time, that will happen, guys. You can go into any street, in any town, in any city, and you'll find houses at, I'm going to use a Manchester number, forgive me, uh, but that's just come into my head. You can find what appears on the surface to be the same house in the same street sold at 40K, 60K, 90K all within a few weeks of each other. Why does that happen? How does that happen? Obviously, there's issues with the house. Obviously, there's issues with the vendor, right? So uh, you've got to work out what that is and why it is. Should you buy in the north of England or should you buy in the south of England? Oh, it's a biggie. This is a biggie. I spend a lot of time in the book talking about that. this. And um, my conclusion... I'll, I'll jump straight to the end, team, because I love you all, and I know you want the answer. In my view, it's my personal view. I wrote the thing. Honestly, you need a bit of both. I think you need a bit of both. So when you're starting out, of course, go north. You want cash flow. You want cash flow in your life because cash flow can replace your income. Cash flow can get you out of your job. 
very, very important. You need that. Um, but once you've replaced your income, once you become financially free in terms that all your bills to pay your, um, maintain your standard of living are paid, then if you want to be wealthy, you need capital growth. And yes, there are areas in the north, the great cities of the north, where you can get capital growth, or you can do a project and force some capital growth. Uh, but if you're in the southeast of England, all you have to do is buy a house, in my experience, buy a house and you'll get capital growth over time. So uh, you need a bit of both. Now, here's something I'll cover in the book in some detail. How to build contacts and a group of property professionals who will help you. Your power team. You need a power team. You need structural engineers. You need mortgage brokers. You need commercial brokers. Because once you get to a certain size, you might not be able to do buy-to-let mortgages anymore. Um, and, and, and you'll move on to use commercial lenders. Work with the relationship you build with commercial lenders. You might need to do that, right? Um, but of course, at the beginning... Commercial lenders aren't going to be terribly interested because they don't they like more stuff. So you go to buy-to-let lenders, and then when you get a bit bigger, buy-to-let lenders don't like the big stuff. So they want they want to work with you know people who are just starting out. So you know you you have to get that balance right. Uh, where are we? how to do a viewing? How to do a viewing? Right? What do you look for? You walk in, you meet the vendor, you meet the agent who's got the key. What are you looking for? I've been caught out. I've had dead bodies under the floor. Not really dead bodies, but it looked like a dead body. I'll tell you all about it in the book. Auctions. How to work in auctions. I've got friends who run their whole property business month to month in the auction room. They'll stay in the auction room. They won't do anything outside the auction room. It is um, an art as well as a science. I think there's an art to it, but it's definitely science in terms of crunching the numbers. Um, so it looks great on the telly. Uh, we all love auction programs on the telly. You've got to know how to do it. It's really, really important. I'll deal with it in the book. So whether you're buying or selling, right? So I was a bit worried about buying at an auction for some years because I saw some terrible things. I saw some terrible things going on in auction rooms by people who knew how to play the game. So I always said I would sell in an auction room. That's cool. But I didn't want to buy in an auction room in case I bought somebody else's terrible mistake. And it was all hidden in the paperwork somewhere. Uh, I've moved forward on that now. I've gone forward on that. Um, how you become your favorite estate agent's favorite customer. Relationships. It's a people business. You need the estate agent on your side. How to start your property portfolio if you haven't got any money. Or you might think you haven't got any money, but actually you have got money. There is money around you. I point out all the nooks and crannies in your, in your mind, in your relationships, the metaphorical money down the back of the settee. Not actually down the back of the settee, but you might not think broadly enough to work out where the money is. I'll show you where the money is. How to set up your first buy to let. If you're doing your very first property for the very first time, do it right, guys. Let it serve you. What do I mean by do it right? Get the right tenant. You know, get your numbers right in terms of the refurb. If you're going to do a refurb, make sure you get your numbers right on the refurb. I had one through yesterday where, strangely, it went the other way. 
the refurb, a deal came to me with a refurb estimate of 15 grand. Actually, I couldn't get it up past 10. So there was five grand there uh, that we didn't have to put into the deal. Unfortunately, there are other aspects of that deal which made it a non-runner. But, you know, we've got to look at everything. Uh, make sure you get the right tenant. Really important. What to do with the money runs out. All of property investors run out of cash, in my experience. I did. I couldn't buy any more. I built relationships with estate agents and uh, ran out of cash. I had no more deposits. I didn't know how to do it any other way than to save a deposit, which meant that I had a choice here. I could say to my estate agent friend, I run out of cash and probably won't be able to buy anything for a year. How do you think that would go down? <laughs> what would happen to me in terms of uh, being at the top of their list? No, it's, it's in the bin, right? Gone for a year. Or I had to find another way. I found another way. I'm going to share that with you. So for people out there in Progressive, thank you for listening. Um, you're going to hear a bit more about the book. Take your thumb off the title, David. Get into property. I still can't work out how to get it the right way around. I think it's probably the wrong way around, but you can see it. It's got big orange letters. Get into property, written by me, how you can go from property beginner to property expert. Um, I'm going to talk more to you about it during the week, and I'm going to end the live now uh, and continue with my property sourcing profiteers on the podcast, uh, podcast episode. Thank you, Progressive Team, for listening. So property sourcing profiteers uh, out there, I am now back with you. You have my full and undivided attention. You do. And um, I think we've covered quite a lot of ground already. And I'm going to make this episode about the book, right? I'm sure you will indulge me in that. Um, you know, I, I, we've run the podcast for well over a year now, and I do try and serve. I do try and help you. Um, maybe this time you can help me. Uh, the book's coming out on October the 10th, and um, I am passionate about trying to help people change their lives. I am. Uh, and I see too many friends who have been in employment for many, many, many years, and uh, it's, just, it's just not worked for, for them. Uh, long term, they've gone into a bit of a cul-de-sac, and then when it's come to finish work, they leave themselves in difficulties. So uh, some of you may have seen that I, I posted a live into the Progressive uh, Forum. Those of you on the Property Sourcing Profits uh, podcast, uh, if you're not in the Progressive Property Community on Facebook, you should join. So have a join. You can see there I spoke about a young man who had a big job, had it on the face of it, everything you want in life, but I bumped into him socially recently and uh, he he was just broken, really. He was burnt out. He was tearful, um, and, you know. And he's this is a pretty smart guy, right? He's a very together young man, uh, forty seven years young, because he'd earned a lot of money over the years, but he'd spent a lot of money living the dream, keeping up the lifestyle, and um, <coughs> he saw his fifties approaching, uh, and very little behind him other than his family home. And a pension. He had about half a million pound in a pension, but didn't have a clue what to do with it. And uh, I agreed we'd talk again. I didn't want to bother him on that day. He was too upset. So he'd come to a crossroads in his life. Worked the whole whole of his life up to 47. Um, on the face of it, was doing really, really well. 
but could not continue and was broken and he still got kids at private school and all that sort of thing. What do you do? And on the very same day, property sourcing profiteers, and that's why this podcast is so important and that's why property, this is why property is so so important. The very same day, in the very same place, it was my local golf club where I've been a member for years, I met another gentleman, a good friend of mine, we played a lot of golf over the years and he's a plumber. Uh, he's not self-employed plumber. He's uh, an employed plumber. He works for a big firm. And he is not 47. He is 57. And he'd been talking to his IFA about his pension. And, uh, you know, could he do something really smart with his pension? Because he's 57. You know, at some point he wants to stop. Maybe when he's 62, 65, 67. Okay. And uh, the bottom line is he had about 75 grand in his pension uh, as a total. And you and I know, property sourcing profiteers listening to this will know, 75 grand is not going to get you very far, you know, in terms of um, income from your pension. And his IFA, I I believe wisely, told him to leave it well alone, leave it where it is. This is not, he's a pal of mine and I love him dearly, but he is not um, a businessman. You know, he doesn't come from that background I don't think moving his money into a SAS and doing something cute and clever with it would serve him long term, you know, or a SIP and all that sort of thing. Um, But it's my personal view, but his IFA told him the same. So he's sitting in the club. Um, Actually, we were on the putting green, just rolling balls up and down on this. And he's 57 and he's thinking about what he's going to do because it suddenly hit him. Uh, after 30, 40 years of saying, oh, I'm not worried about it, I'm not worried, I'm worried about it, now he's worried about it. So he actually said to me out loud that to cut his cloth according to his means going forward, there's loads of things in life that he's going to have to uh, give up, right? He's going to have to give up golf. Now, he'd been playing golf since he was a little boy, really, since he was a little, really a little boy, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. But he wouldn't be able to afford to be a member of a golf club anymore, £1,000 a year, £1,200 a year, whatever it is, uh, because he wouldn't have the £1,200. And worse than that, he wouldn't be able to play because uh, I live in Brighton, guys. You know I live in Brighton on the south coast of England. Um, Several golf courses are closing now and are due to close over the next couple of years um, they're being redeveloped into housing. They've got planning on several of them. Um, I saw in the press recently that the two local municipal courses, so the courses owned by uh, the local authority, Brighton and Hove, are closing. So he can't go and play there for a decent, reasonable, low-cost uh, type green fee. He wouldn't be able to play there. So he's going to have to give up golf, which has been a love in his life. And, uh, you know, it's been his therapy for 30, 40 years. So property is important. What's the point, Dave? But, you know, it's a very sad story, Dave. Where are you going with it? Here's where I'm going with it. Property, if you get involved now, can solve these problems for you later on. You know, I've not only just owned property over the years. I've had other businesses. I had a retail business, which I had to end. And had I not had the properties in place uh, at that point, uh, my outcome could have been very, very different, right? But I did have the properties in place. And um, whereas previously, 
to the point of closing the business, I had been my own tenant, if you kind of get it, right? So I had one company, one corporate entity owned the properties, another company were the tenants in the properties, and we paid rent between the two companies. It's entirely uh, fit and proper, and it's actually a good business model. But when the trading company went, suddenly my landlord company, as a, looking at it as a landlord, lost all its tenants all on the same day. Uh, and that caused me initially some great concern. However, what I really wasn't expecting, because we were in the middle of a bit of a recession at the time, you know, I didn't just lose the business. There was exterior reasons why. What surprised me was how quickly those retail units filled up at the time. We're talking about 1991, 92. So I had tenants again really, really quickly. In one case, within a week, it was agreed. The legals weren't dumb. It was agreed. So why property? Why you should get into property, property sourcing properties, because it will serve you. It will serve you now. It will keep you upright and perpendicular. It will financially, it will take the pressure off you financially. And when you get old, none of us ever get old, right? We're property sourcing profiteers. We never get old. But when you get old, the income and wealth that you have built over a period of time, and it doesn't have to be too long, you know, you don't have to go back to 1977 like I did before you to start, right? People who started in 20, oh, 2010 would have been a great time to start. 2012, 2013, and do you know what? 2019 is a great time to start as well. So get out there. Start building your property empire, your portfolio. Put it together. Do the numbers right. Get the right stuff in your uh, portfolio. Make sure you buy the right things. I can help you with that. Get out there, do a bit of trading as well to keep uh, the income coming in. That's really, really important. But while you're out there sourcing and selling, something's going to come across your desk that is impossible for you to ignore in terms of the numbers. So make sure you do that as well. Property sourcing properties, I hope it's given you value, right? I hope you didn't mind me talking about my book. But it's part of it's part of me. There's a lot of me in there. I've given a lot. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, get out there. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.